So the book of Philippians, if you'll turn with me, is in, in the New Testament, and it's uh, after Ephesians, if you're looking through, um, flipping through your pages before Colossians. Philippians was written by uh, the Apostle Paul, um, who wrote m- much of the New Testament. Um, but this is one of his letters, an epistle that is, was written while he was in prison. There were four letters that he had written while he was in prison. Philippians is one of them. And, and you need to understand the authority that Paul has. Um, Paul was not a disciple of Jesus per se, like were the other disciples, Peter, John, the other 12 disciples, right? Uh, with, were with Jesus for 12 years. So it's like, well, how did Paul get all the insight that actually was the same that the disciples shared their, their account in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John? How did he get all of his insight? Um, was it was it just on his road to Damascus in that moment in time that he uh, had revelation of who Jesus was? Probably about four years or five years after, we don't know for sure, but many would say that's the case, after Jesus ascended to heaven, right, after he walked the earth um, and then his ministry for three and a half years, then he was crucified and then he um, came back to life, and then he also walked the earth again for a season, and then he ascended to heaven. But about four to five years after that, um, it, the scripture tells us in Galatians, actually, if you want to find evidence to that, I'm not going to read it, but it's, it's fascinating to what Paul himself says in Galatians chapter 1, 11 through 18. If you have a pen, you can write that down. Galatians 1, 11 through 18. It Paul himself says that he was taught by Jesus himself for three years in the Arabian desert. Isn't that kind of cool that, that he was taught by Jesus? And some would say it's like because, well, he taught the disciples for three years. So Paul got a special tut- uh, tutoring session by Jesus for three years. But, but he, he was not a Christian when Jesus was alive. Actually, he's a persecutor of Christians. And then he has this encounter, has this transformation. So I just want to give the authority that Paul has. So when he's in prison, he's writing to the church of Philippi in his letter um, called Philippians. You, you understand that he has spent time with Jesus. And he comes with authority to understand the heart behind Jesus. He understands his ways. He understands the kingdom ways. So this is not just like, hey, he had an experience, and now he's just coming up with some good ideas. He's been taught by Jesus for three years. All right, I just wanted to give you that preference. But today, I want to talk about, um, talk about how sometimes when we feel like we know where should we should be going in life or, or we, we hope for some place in life and things aren't going the way that we thought they would go. We can sometimes get discouraged and I want to talk about, there's a scripture in here that talks about the encouragement that we should have. And, and this, is the, this is the scripture here that in Philippians 1, 6, he who began a good work is faithful to complete it. We know that scripture, we've probably heard it before. He who began a good work is faithful to complete it. And so, so sometimes we quote that scripture or sometimes we, we think about that and that gives us hope. But I also think that sometimes we think about the what, he, what we want him to complete is maybe not what Jesus is completing or what we think it is. Do you remember in the account of Abraham in his promised son, Isaac? Talking about a promise talking about an expectation, and then talking about a, um, 
maybe some internal confusion when, when God himself asks him to sacrifice his only promised son, which would be the only way that he would have that promise fulfilled, that, that he would be the, the start of a lineage of God's people. And here he is that, that he was going to sacrifice his son and God provided a way out. And you'd say, okay, well, he who began a good work is faithful to complete it. But, but it took a moment in time. See, if, he, if, if Abraham quoted that beforehand, he would say that, that him going with his son up onto that mountain, was not, he was not faithful to complete it. Because he's saying, hey, my promise is, is no longer going to be there. But there's something about that relationship that Abraham had with God that he just knew there was some, something he was trusting. And I think many of us in, in our life, we get to places in life. I've talked to some of you today. I talked to some of the people who are still struggling with their sickness and, and the treatments aren't working. And it would be really easy to get discouraged because maybe you felt like God's going to bring my healing. And we don't know what that is, right? Or maybe people have said, like, I, I, God has a person for me to marry, and, and that person has not come yet. Or I've been prom- I feel like God wants to give me the desires of my heart. By the way, I, I have something to, to share with you about that scripture. And I'm just going to, as an aside, where it says, uh, you know, we talk about the desires of our heart. God wants to give us the desires of our heart. Well, you have to understand the scripture. It actually says, delight yourself in Jesus or delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 37, four, delight yourself in the Lord. He'll give you the desires of your heart. I, I better believe that is more translated, delight yourself in Jesus and he will give you his desires in your heart. Because <laughs> otherwise he's a genie in a bottle and says, God, I wish this, I wish upon this and you're going to give me the desires of my heart. I'm going to have my Lamborghini. <laughs> Who wants to drive one of those in New England anyways? I don't want that. Delight yourself in Jesus and he will... <laughs> I missed it. You can say it again. Yes. You want it. You'll take it. All right. <laughs> he says, I will drive it in New England. How many people would be okay driving a Lamborghini here in New England? Oh, my Lanta... Lord Jesus, give them the desires of their heart. <laughs> if I had a hanky, I would wipe my head and I'd throw it to you, and you would have, you'd have the desires of your heart. <laughs> that is so bad. Okay. But if you delight yourself in Jesus, he will put his desires in your heart. Okay, so, so this is why we need to preface this, that when, when the scripture tells us in the Philippians says uh, this, verse 6, I am sure of this, that he who began a good work, in this translation, ESV, who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. He who began a good work in you. So, so you have to ask the question. I started asking the question, first of all, who's he? He who began a good work. And then what's that work that he's doing in you? And what is he completing it for? And when is it completed? And what is the day of Jesus Christ? I think these are really important questions. The interesting thing of of when you start looking at that, and I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you, that word he is actually translated from from the original Greek. Remember, um, the New Testament was in Greek. The original Greek, that he is H-O, 
H-O. And why is that important? Because if you begin to see what H-O translates um, to, we, we get translations that, that make sense to us, but, but know that there are, I wouldn't say multiple meanings, but the, the way that you can interpret that. But that he is actually can be translated Omega. You know the omega sign? So it can be translated. So in the, the actual letter itself, the Greek letter, it's, it's that he is a, as an O with a little thing above it. I wish I could draw it for you, but a little O with a thing about it. But they were saying that actually that symbol is also like the um, omega symbol, which is like, like an upside down horseshoe almost, or yeah, omega symbol. By the way, that is the last letter of the alphabet. Alpha is the first letter. Omega is the last letter of the alphabet. So, so basically is saying, and I'm sure of this, that he, the finisher, who is also the beginner of good works, the finisher who is also the beginner of good works, is in you. Remember in Revelation, he does say that he's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end, right? He's basically the bookends of your life. That when, when he saw you in the mother's womb before you were born, he knew the day that you would receive him. And if you haven't received him yet, I would encourage you, I would implore you. It is the best gift ever to receive Jesus into your life. But he's the Alpha and the Omega, the, the finisher of the work that he's begun. He saw you, he knows you. And you realize that, that he is doing something inside of you. And what's the something? The something is a good thing. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, he's doing a good thing in my life? I think sometimes when we get discouraged and we get disappointed, we feel like, where is God? And I want to guarantee you and I want to um, evoke confidence in you that he is doing something good in you, even though it might not feel so good. Even when you don't know what the future holds. Even when, like Abraham, by the way, Abraham who had Isaac and then God provided the, the miracle by a ram that was caught in the thorn bushes. But isn't it interesting, Abraham, Isaac, Isaac who had Jacob and Esau, and then Esau had the 12 sons who became the 12 tribes of Israel. One of them was Joseph who, who was the... Um, who was the one who became the prince of Egypt, who really saved a group of people and, and saved and preserved God's people. And, and that lineage continued on, right? But it, was, it started with, I believe, Abraham, who realized the nature of God, that, that he believed in who God was. He wasn't believing in the promise. He was believing in who God is and he's faithful and he can do something good in the midst of a difficult situation. You, I know you because I'm human like you, that you are maybe in right today at a difficult situation and you're like, where's God? Is he doing anything good? Can he do anything? Can I tell you, he is working right now in your life for good. Remember Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good. For some reason, the miracle that happens in our life is God will take the bad and he'll make it good. He'll take the difficult and he'll make something good out of it. He takes all things, our tragedies, our sicknesses. I was talking to somebody else here today that, that they have a condition that their, their bones are breaking in their body. They're sitting here today. And they've been praying, wanting healing for some reason, God, but they, they say to me, it's like, this is so amazing what God is doing in my life. 
how, how, can, how can you be saying that? Your bones are breaking in your body. You, your bones are so brittle. And yet, God is doing an incredible work in and through those people and in us. But I do believe it begins to say, delight yourself in Jesus and he will give you his desires of your heart. In other words, the son, this is the kingdom of God principle. Remember, we said the kingdom of God exists in our heart and, and it's like a mustard seed in our heart and it begins to grow and expand. And the moment that we start saying, Jesus, well, I want the, you the center of our, my universe and I want to seek you that you realize that what comes out of our heart becomes the things that bring joy and peace I love that new song, Pastor Richie, that we sang. You know, the names of God, right? It's Shalom. I don't know them all. Nisi. Rafa. Jaira. Thank you for helping me there, because I opened a can of worms that I couldn't put the lid back on. And what we realize that, I'm sure of this, it says, I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work, and the good work is this, that, that he wants to be in your life. That's the good work, that he wants to be in relationship with you. But, but the question is, okay, so I've heard that, and it's like, okay, do I just let God do a good work, and I just sit back and like, he's doing a work? Okay, I, I don't have a part to play in this. But I do believe that there is his part, and then there's your part. There's both parts to play. There's his part, and then there's your part. And the part that you play is found in Matthew 24. Matthew 24 is your part. See, as God is faithful to complete it, there's another thing that God is asking of you. Matthew 24. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Matthew 24. It says this. Matthew 24, 13. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Or the one, there's another scripture that says, or the translation says, but the one who is faithful to the end will be saved. And again, we want to say, see that, that endurance for me, uh, to me is a little bit of like, I'm just getting through life. But if again, if you look at what that word actually means, it has to do, and then that's why some versions say faithful to the end, but it's faithful in what? And it's the same thing that God's doing for us. He's wanting to be in relationship with us. And our part is that we are in relationship. We're faithful to him till the end. Not that we just endure hard trials. Not that we just have a good attitude when things go rough. It's not just like, no, it says, for those who are faithful to the end will be saved. And, and then he's going, he's talking about the signs of the end of the age in that scripture. So I'm putting it in context. But I do believe as our age is coming to an end that there is greater persecution, there's greater trials, and there's greater difficulties in, in there. So I think it's very fitting to talk about it. But, but here it is. He says, and, and because of lawlessness will increase and the love of many will grow cold, but the one who is faithful or endures, or I would say this, abides, that's the other translation it says, the other one who abides to the end will be saved. So his part is, I, he's saying, I want to be with you. I want to be with you. I'm doing a good work in you. And by the way, the good work is just not hands-off good work. They're like, I want to be in your life. I want to be in relationship. And he's calling us into relation, to abide with him as well, to realize that we are in relationship together. And this is why we can, we can trust him when things are going 
awry. We can trust him when the pressure is high. We can trust him that when we feel like, oh my word, can I take another breath? I feel this oppression in me. Am I going to get through? And you can say, guess what? I can trust him. He's doing something in my life because I know who he is because I wake up every morning and we have a conversation. I love that the scripture tells us to pray without ceasing. And this is not like hitting your prayer closet like 24-7 and you never see the light of day. No, praying without ceasing is acknowledging him throughout your day, that he's with you, actively engaging with you. I love um, my wife and I, and I'll be honest with you, Otter and I didn't have a relationship in such a way that we, we both had our own faith and we both... Uh, obviously we're growing it. We did worship together for years, but we didn't, we weren't a couple that would spend a lot of time praying together. We'd pray as a family for sure, but, but not this like praying with each other first thing in the morning, but we started doing that and it's been going on for months now. And, and one thing I really appreciate about the prayer that she has is she prays this and she says, Lord, help us to see what you're doing today and allow us to join you in that. You know, this, this idea that, that God is working and he wants us to be attentive to what he's doing. And the only way that we can be attentive is by having a relationship with him that we can then see and feel the Holy Spirit doing something and we can join him in that. I'm going to share a story um, if John wants to come up because he's always so good on the keyboard, John. I just love your keyboard playing. So Pastor Richie uh, played a, a joke on me. Uh, we were at the wedding together yesterday with our wives, and, and uh, he wasn't feeling well earlier in the week. And so I leaned over and said, Richie, how you doing? And he goes, I'm not doing very well. I don't think I'll be able to make it tomorrow. He goes, I, I put you on the schedule to lead worship instead of me, okay? <laughs> and then he big smile on his face. He's like, I'm just joking. But... What some of you don't know, and and I'm going to confess this, and you're not going to ever see me do it, but I'm going to tell you, because there once, I'd never say never, I I get it, I understand. But I used to be the guy on the keyboard leading worship here at Grace Capital Church probably some 20 years ago, and and we have progressed very far since those days. Thank you, Pastor Richie and worship team. But um, so that's why he was joking with me because he knew that I would be panic stricken. Like he knows I could do it, but he also he also knows that I probably couldn't do it. <laughs> and so he's joking with me. But in real real time, real story, talking about because I've been thinking a lot about this in Philippians chapter one, and, and there's there's another part of Philippians chapter one and. And I, I, I want to save time. I want you to go back and read it yourself, but I just know we have limited time and for me to share some things. I want you to read Philippians chapter one. We're going to le- read another section um, in one next week too that I think is really important. Um, but a couple weekends ago, uh, Audra and I were down um, watching uh, my daughter play volleyball. She plays for Wentworth Institute of Technology down in Boston. Uh, she's, um, okay, somebody's a Wentworth grad maybe. Yes, he is, okay. <laughs> and um, she's, her major's industrial design, which is product design. And part of the Wentworth's uh, program is that you need to have a co-op or an internship. And so um, they do schooling really off-site, like her schooling went through the summer. She needs a co-op this fall. Well, she's supposed to have a co-op, I think, in a couple days. And... 
She still doesn't have one. So mom and dad are, are a little bit panicked right now because this is critical to her education. It's not that she hasn't tried or applied or, or whatever, but um, I guess it was last weekend. Was it last weekend? Last weekend, we were there, and, and um, my daughter is a leader outright. I mean, she was class president for four years. She's just a leader. And, and yet, she didn't, as a senior, she didn't get picked for a leadership position on her team, and she was very disappointed by that. I'm going to hold my emotions together because, you know, dad loves his daughter. Okay, hold it, hold emotions together. We got it. Um, and then Otter out of the blue says, Abby, would you be willing to let volleyball go, even as a senior? to take a co-op that maybe God has for you. And at that moment, um, she said, I, I don't know if I would. So like any good pastor dad, right? So I'm, I'm sorry for my kids who are, <laughs> right? I was like, I was like, I always got to bring the spiritual application, right? But it's like, I bring up this whole thing about Abraham and Isaac, I said, sometimes you just got to let something go. You got to lay it down. You got to give it back to Jesus. And at that time, she couldn't really hear it, probably because of her disappointment. Knowing it's her senior year, she worked so hard for this team. And so then her coach <laughs> comes up middle of the week this past week and says, Right before practice, he goes, Abby, you know, can I pull you aside? I'm going to pull you aside and talk to you. It's like, would you, would you consider giving up volleyball <laughs> for your co-op? <laughs> I was like, of course she now considers it, right? Somebody else saying it. <laughs> um, so she, she called us that night and said, this is what the coach said. And Part of us like, that must mean like he's connected. Like she's a great shoe designer, right? That must mean he's connected with somebody. He's got something in planned, right? And, uh, and I don't think today he still hasn't heard from, she still hasn't heard about a possibility from him. But anyways, so then, then I, was, I was like, okay, she's now open. But I'm thinking about this, like I'm thinking about he who began a good work, like I know God's working in her life and, and yet here she's against the wall on needing this co-op and, and nothing's happening. Yes, she's a leader and she's so talented and nothing's happening. And it's like, oh my, what's going on, Lord? And I'm, I know as a parent, I'm getting a little bit anxious about this. And then, uh, and then this weekend, I, I was like, wait a second. Oh, I know, the, the coach says, he goes, you know, maybe... Because she just designed a Nike shoe, right, for, for one of her classes. Really awesome. And, and she, I, he goes, like, maybe you could, like, work for Nike. And I was like, who wouldn't want to work for Nike? That'd be kind of cool. And so she, she began to have this imagination, right? Began to dream about what could be. But again, I think it's, I think it's remembering the desires of our heart, right? It's delight yourself in the Lord and his desires will be placed in your heart. Not like, hey, I want all my plans to be come to fruition because it's my desire in my heart. And then, and then I just had a brainstorm. I was like, you know what? Our Foursquare president 
used to actually pastor a church in Beaverton, Oregon, where Nike's headquarters is. So I text him and I said, hey, this is my situation. He goes, actually, I know the top two designers at Nike in Nike shoes. I was like, oh, come on. So I quickly, I quickly text daughter, hold the phone. <laughs> Who says that today anyways? Hold the phone. But like, what's going on? He said, well, we'll get, I'll get back to you by the end of the weekend. And so it's not the end of the weekend yet. So I'm, I'm, tell, I'm telling you a story that's not yet finished, by the way. I'm t- just so you know, there's not like a finished part to this. But I think, oh, the other part about the head designer. I know I'm just rambling here. But the other part of the head designer, the other head designer at Nike has been a four-square pastor for 40 years. So, so bivocational, obviously. So I don't know, I begin to start saying, okay, Lord, when we, when we get to our place where we start like getting anxious about things, when we start getting to a place where, where we need to lay things down and saying, let it not be my desire. Like I, I know she loves volleyball. She's worked hard for that team. But I commend her for being willing to lay it down. Now we don't know the rest of the story, right? Next week, hopefully I can tell you something good. But guess what? Even if there's something not really super good in my estimation, God is working something good in my daughter's life. And he's teaching, he's teaching me how to trust him that he loves my daughter more than I love my daughter. And I have to realize that as we have a relation, what he cares most about is our relationship with him. Right? It's not about the outcomes. Now, the outcomes are going to show his love for us. Right? He's, he's doing something good, and he's, he sees us, and he knows us. And I think that's the takeaway for today is, is, number one, God is active in your life. Don't think that God is passive. He's active in your life. He's working something for your good. But the work that he is doing is, is good work. You need to understand it's good work. Sometimes it doesn't feel comfortable like the Bible even says he disciplines those he loves. Sometimes those difficult situations when we've been in sin and we find ourselves in a difficult place, that is disciplining us to draw us closer to him, right? That sometimes those difficult things, consider it all joy when you face trials of many kinds because it produces all those things. He's active in your life. He's working something good. He's doing something good in your life. And he says, but he's saying, I'm doing my part, but would you do your part? Your part is to hone into a relationship with him. And his part is like, I'm doing something good, but can you spend time with me so you can see the good that we're doing together? I want to be in relationship with you. I want to nurture you. I want to be close to you. I want to continue to do this good work in your life. If you abide in me, be faithful to me. In the end, we'll have a chance to meet Jesus face to face. And you'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. Jesus loves you. He's doing a good work in your life. Would you trust him? Would you turn to him? Realize that even in the midst of a difficult thing right now, he is working something together for good. Let's pray. Jesus, we love you so much. We're grateful for your work in our life. Father, I pray for my daughter. 
And I pray for all the daughters in this room. I pray for my sons and all the sons in this room that they would come to a full understanding of your work in their life. That you're working something together for good. And Lord Jesus, that you are moving. That you are faithful to complete what you've started. That you are the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. You have bookmarked our lives. You are the... the one who is faithful to begin to bring to completion the very thing that you've started. Thank you for that. We love you so much. We pray for those who are facing difficulty, who are discouraged today. Let them see with hope the good work that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for watching us online. We're so glad that you joined us. We trust that Jesus has spoken to your heart and you've been challenged by his word. If you'd like to know more information about Grace Capital Church, please visit us at gccnh.com. We'll see you next time. <music>